This is the Endurance Church Podcast with Pastor Anthony Bass. At Endurance Church, our goal is to live well and finish strong by becoming faithful disciples of Christ. We do this through loving, disciplined, Bible-based teaching, encouragement, and care. For more information about our ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. And now, today's message. Some people have never fasted in their lives, and you know we're not going to jump down your throat and say, if you don't fast, you're not a Christian. At all. (laughs) Um, But fast is a healthy part of your life. Whether you're even a Christian or not, that was the point of the video. The world has even found that in secular studies that fasting promotes a healthy lifestyle. And there were some reasons there that actually justify that. Uh, But today we're going to jump into text regarding uh, some of the reasons why we fast. It's a discipline that is essential to our walk with God just as prayer. And you're going to sound a little, we've talked about it before, but even giving your tithes. Fasting kind of ranks up there in those areas. Uh, These are disciplines that started before the law. That people were fasting before the law was even given by Moses. So fasting should be a part of every single individual's life. Now, I'm not telling you you have to fast. Some people may think 21 days, no way. And we understand that. We're not trying to tell you to do 21 days, but we're trying to say engage in some way, somehow. Um, A lot of people, when it gets to fasting, the first thing they say is, well, I'm not going to fast food. It's going to be TV, or it'll be my phone, or it'll be uh, Clash of Clans on my phone, or it'll be the Xbox, or the PlayStation, or it'll be whatever. Uh, But we're trying to say, even if you um, have to use one of those other reasons to fast. Just try to focus on the Daniel fast this time. You don't have to necessarily do 21 days. Try three days. Try a week. Try two weeks. Maybe try the last week. Just just try it. Um, I found fasting to be helpful, and it has been a practice that I've incorporated in my life as soon as as long as I've been walking with God. Fasting has helped me out in so many different ways. Why? Because we are inundated by this world. There's a world called Formitsky. There's a worldview. There's a world spirit that currently we constantly wrestle with. We don't even know we are inundated with this spirit until we begin to fast. I remember when I used to fast, there was a time we had to do 21-day fast, and I lost so much weight that wasn't a point. But I began to think around day two or day three, I said, man, I just live to eat. Because I was thinking about eating all the time. 
And I didn't think about eating until I started fasting, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, what about the steak, right? And what about the pizza, lasagna? And I started listening to all the things I'm going to miss, but it didn't even happen until I started fasting. When I wanted to stop, then these impulses started to come up. And right now, some people are thinking about the list of things you're being asked to fast from. You're like, no way. That is a voice. And that's what we're trying to say. You have voices. Your body talks to you. R. Kelly had a song. I'm not going to repeat any of that song, but there's a song. Hey, we're in church. But when I look at my wife, my body talks to me, you all. I'm just being honest. But nevertheless, we have to learn how to moderate our body's voice, its influence over our lives. When you begin to fast, you begin to disconnect from this reality. We, uh, me and two other gentlemen in this room right now, uh, can you raise your hand, the ghosts who are going to Israel? We, yeah, give us a hand. We are going to the Holy Land. And um, we're uh, going to go to Israel. What's going to happen is as we leave America, we're going to be disconnected from this culture. And we're going to engage in a different culture. And it's going to feel weird. We're going to be disoriented looking at signs and none of them are in English. People are going to be eating foods and smelling ways that we've never even seen people eat or smell before in our lives. And as a result, we're going to be a little disoriented by this new environment. But we had to leave our culture in order to see there's a different reality out there. When you begin to fast, those things that have influence over you begin to lose their power. And you have an opportunity at that point to focus on God. There are a lot of different reasons why people fast. We're going to talk about why Daniel fast here in today's scripture. Daniel was an individual who was brilliant, one of the most brilliant human beings that have ever lived. But he is almost like a tragic character. Why? Because Daniel was a eunuch. Everybody knows what a eunuch is, right? We don't know. Scholars don't know exactly if he was castrated or not. But most people believe he was castrated because he was a eunuch during the day and time when men were castrated as eunuchs, meaning he couldn't engage in sexual intercourse. He, he would, that part of his anatomy was removed, so that could not even happen. He could not get around. So he was, in a sense, sterile or, and, and very docile. But Daniel was brilliant. He was one of the, in a sense, royal leaders of Judah. He and another group of men were, were taken from captiv- in captivity and brought to Babylon. And they were trained in the Babylonian ways. Daniel is so amazing. He was made the second in command, well, at least third in command, of two nations of Babylon and of the Medes and Pers- Persians. Daniel must have been so brilliant because in order for you to be that high, you have to at least know the language. I struggle with Spanish. This guy knows Babylonian, he's speaking in different language, in different tongues, Aramaic and Hebrew. I'm like, gosh, this guy was amazing. But we're going to see here that there are some very significant reasons why Daniel had this wisdom. Think about it. Israel is wiped out. The Holy Land is obliterated. God's chosen people are punished. Israel's gone. And their people are being sent into captivity. He's not going to have a secure home or place to put his head. He's in another country. He's punished as well as all his other people because of the sins of the nation. And they're sent in captivity. 
So in his mind, he's not staying faithful to God because of national pride. He's not in a sense patriotic. He's staying faithful to God because God is his source and God alone. He's in Babylon, but yet he's still faithful to God. Why? Because he genuinely did love God. And because of his adoration, because of his devotion to God, God used him in a mighty way. What, what are his other motivations? He's not doing what he's doing to be seen. He's not in a sense a prideful man. I mean, those things are taken away from him. But he's a man completely, wholeheartedly dedicated to God and his kingdom. At this point, the kingdom of God is not even a thought in most people's minds. But Daniel's the one who had the dream of this rock coming and destroying all the kingdoms of the earth. And this rock, this mountain then, pervaded the entire planet. Daniel was a tool used by God. And he used fasting to disconnect himself from the cultural influences that were opposed to the kingdom of God. Hopefully you understand that you are often being challenged to, to in a sense, compromise your walk with God. To acquiesce, to surrender, to capitulate. You don't even know the influences that are causing you to do the things you do most of the time. But when you begin to fast, those impulses are taken away. You have a new perspective on your life, on reality. When you fast about day three, that's when it's the worst. But day four, it's good. Day three, you're like, I can't do this. I'm going to die. I'm going to need the chicken nuggets. <laughs> you laugh because you understand what I'm saying. But day four, you feel good. Am I right? Day four, you're like, okay, I can do this. Day five, you're good. You get up to day 21, you're like, I'm, 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 I'm good. But then you look at yourself in the mirror like, oh my gosh, I'm dying. Like, I need to eat something. We're trying to say, be moderate. Talk to people. Just don't go out on a fast by yourself or go to some mountain and say, I'm 21 day fasting. Not eating, not drinking, nothing. No, drink water the whole time, please. Um, there are, there's information that's going to be passed out. Stick to the plan. If you don't want to do 21 days, don't do it. If you want to do three, like I said, cool. You want to do seven, that's great. You want to do 14, that's fine. 21, more power to you because um, I'm going to be praying for you nonetheless. I'm also going to ask you during that time, pick a book of the Bible a chapter, pick something and just focus on God. Whenever you feel like, uh, man, I'm hungry. I think I want a, a milkshake. You'll begin to want things you've never wanted before in your life. I want to go to Bukas and I just want an appetizer. You haven't thought about Bukas in years, right? Why well, Bukas at that moment when you're fasted? Like, you know, like when you get that craving, turn to your word. Turn to God. Feed on him. And what happens is you begin to change. And you'll hear God more clearly than I think you've probably heard him in a long time. So if you find yourself in this spiritual funk, pray fast. I used to say pray, you stay fast, you last. Let's pray and let's jump into scripture today. Father, God, I ask you today to use me, Lord God, so that we can understand what it is you're trying to get us to do as a church, Lord. Help us, Lord God, to use this practice, this discipline of fasting, Father God, to, so that we're renewed into your image. We know the fasting itself is, Lord God, not the reason we change because you're the one who gives us increase. Your word says one plants, one waters, but you give the increase, Father God. So we ask you, Father God, expand our capacity to be used by you so that we can give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I think somebody was listening to Randy Moss yesterday and they said, 
He sounds just like Pastor. If you've never been before, I'm from West Virginia, so I have a bit of a country slang, and it comes out every now and then, so I'm doing my best. Let's jump into a, a quote I like, a man named Richard Foster. Richard Foster is kind of one of the pioneers of the particular movement we are a part of. You may not know, but Endurance Church is part of the renewal movement. We are about formation, about spiritual disciplines. And that's why you hear me from the pulpit constantly saying you need to pray fast, study your word, go to church. I believe that if you constantly engage with God, he'll allow you to expand your capacity to receive more from him. Now, we know the disciplines, as I said in my prayer, don't change us. But I do believe the disciplines are helpful in our devotion to God. You hear me often say, are you doing your devotions? I look at people who have problems in the church. The first thing I always think is, are they praying? Have they heard from God? Because when you hear from God, nine times out of ten, that resolves most of your problems. But a lot of times, people aren't hearing from God. They're not taking the time to press into his presence and hear his voice. You could just walk around, as I said earlier, like a zombie, thinking you're doing God's will, being so far away from God that you don't even understand it. So you need to be shaken so you are engaged with God once again. Devotions aren't the things that change you. God is the one who changes you. But devotions give you the opportunity to be changed by God's spirit. Spend time with God. Our church is not about these religious rules or even success necessarily, because for us, success is obedience to God. But what we hope here is that you understand that you have to fall in love with God. And the areas of your life that you don't think have been surrendered to God, you have to give those areas to God. He's the only one who can see your heart. Now, over time, we, as we get to know you, get to see you, begin, we begin to see your struggles, and we can help you in that process, but there are some things that are so deeply hidden in your heart that we can't help you with. It takes God's spirit to do that. But when those things percolate to the top as you begin to fast, you'll see yourself get irritated when certain people talk to you. You're like, oh, I wish these to be quiet. I'm fasting. Don't they know I'm fasting? At that point, you realize, oh, I have this uh, frustration problem I need to deal with. These things began to come up to the top. Man, if I could just have a nicer car, or man, if my home was just a All these frustrations begin to come up, and these issues, they begin to surface in your life when you fast, and those things are things you take to God. Fasting is helpful to give you perspective regarding what's going on in your life. Richard Foster says this. He says, fasting must forever center on God. More than any other discipline, fasting reveals the things that control us. For instance, if I were to say, man, I think you have an image problem, you would be offended, first of all, because who you are telling me I got an image problem, right? I don't have an image problem. Maybe I do. But nevertheless, when you fast, this is something that may be revealed. I do care how people see me. Let me tell you how bad I am. So I'm a Christian, right? That means I'm one who believes and trusts in Jesus Christ. But when I make mistakes or do bad things, I get angry at the person who catches me doing the bad thing. I'm just being real, y'all. I'm just being, it's me and you, right? I'm like, I'm, I, just, I just lied. I'm, you know, I just lied. And my wife caught me lying. And now, didn't you just lie? I'm like, bro, who do you think you are telling me I lied? Don't you know me? That's the issue I have, right? I have an image problem, you all. I need to work that out. I need to change. I don't need to sit there and become judgmental or let my insecurities rule me. I need to say, you know, why am I responding that way to my beautiful wife? I need God to do a work in me. And that work is called sanctification.
Let's go to Daniel chapter 1. If you have an opportunity, open your Bible. If not, we have it up there. Understand this is written around 600 B.C. The southern kingdom has been, as we said, obliterated. The northern kingdom was obliterated 200 years before this. And now the royal people of Judah are being sent into captivity. There are a group of young men who are more skilled in knowledge and wisdom than anybody else in Israel. And they've been given the task of being trained into the practices of the Babylonian government. So, these individuals are so skilled that they actually get high-ranking places in the government. They're wise, they're smart, they're brilliant. But, they realize they're being indoctrinated into a different culture, a pagan culture. They realize they're being brainwashed from the ways of God. So, they have to find a way of distancing themselves from the culture they're being planted into, or rather, that's being planted into them. They have to find a way of taking a step back, of gaining perspective of what's going on. Have you ever heard the saying, you're too close to the forest to see the trees? You're too, you're too close, you're too in it. You're too close to be, to see the reality of your situation. So you need to have somebody from the outside in looking at you saying, hey, that's the problem you're having. Now, I'm not in there, but I, I see it from my vantage point. Fasting helps you disassociate so you can see where you are. Daniel and these young men began to live in such a way, not in rebellion to the Babylonian government, but in a sense so that they would have some distance between the culture they're being indoctrinated to and the ways of God. Here in verse 11, it says, So Daniel said to the steward of whom the chief of the eunuch said, has said over Daniel. So understand this. Daniel, one of the other Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego were the Babylonian names. These individuals are now being indoctrinated into the Babylonian ways. And they have an individual who's over them. He's the chief of the eunuchs. And this is why I say Daniel's a eunuch. Some people say it doesn't necessarily mean he was castrated. We don't know. But all indications point to him being somebody who was a physical, physiologically made a unit. And now this guy set over Daniel. He's the one who's his steward. And these are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These are their real names. They're Hebrew names. And it goes on to verse 12. It says, this is Daniel explaining why they're not going to eat their foods. They're, they're saying, we're not going to eat the king's food. We don't want the king's steak. We don't want the king's wine. We don't want his delicacies. We don't want his caviar filet mignon with the bacon on it. We don't want the baked potato with the cheese. It's fasting. I know. See what's happening to me. I'm thinking about it because it's going away. <laughs> it's true, y'all. It's true. So he's saying, look, we'll, we'll skip out on Red Lobster and all the good stuff you're giving. And we'll stick with vegetables, nuts. It says, please test your servant for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young man who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, verse, so deal with your servants. So Daniel's here saying, test us. If we only eat vegetables and drink water for 10 days and we come back leaner, weaker, you know what, we'll, we'll forget this argument and we'll eat the king's food from this point forward. Test us empirically. So this isn't something that's just done ideologically or just in our brain. He's not a mental ascent. This is empirical evidence. Look at us. And if we are less fit than those, than those people are eating the steak, we'll keep eating the steak. We'll keep drinking the wine. 
So in 15 it says, and at the end of the 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacy. So empirical evidence. They were engaged in this diet and they came out looking better. Isn't that interesting? He's telling them, look, this is the best food you got in the land. The king's food. Yet, I'm going to withhold myself and ourselves from eating it, and I'm going to look better. This is a shock, because the Babylonians at this time are ruling the world. They're considered the most brilliant people on the planet at this time. Yet, Daniel's saying the diet that God has given to us is better than anything that you have. Verse 16, it says, Thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. As for this, four young men, God gave them knowledge. Stop. Now remember, they did not have to do that per se. There wasn't something from heaven, an angel that came and told them, you need to do this diet. You need to do this fast. They knew that these foods were something considered a defilement to God. They understood the law. So they are in captivity. Israel is destroyed, but yet they are still faithful to God. Stuff is going wrong. Think about how there were people prophesying that Israel was never going to fall. Other people prophesying that it would fall. Everybody's saying all these different, and they're probably praying themselves, oh God, protect Israel, protect Israel. And Israel still fell. Imagine the disappointment, the heartbreak, the pain. And not only did Israel fall, but they were taken in captivity. Imagine how they were probably hurt because God did not come through. Regardless of the sins they committed, imagine the people that were hurt like, God, why do you help us? Why do you answer our prayers? And they're in captivity, yet they're still faithful to God despite the storm. And Daniel was faithful his entire life. Never made it back home, yet he still remained faithful. The kingdom of God is not stuck in a geographical location. The kingdom of God, Jesus said, is in our hearts. He goes on to say, as for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. Why is that important? There's a cause and effect here. It's clear in the scriptures. Because they decided to do this fast, because they took a stance for God, God impugned, God gave them, he bequeathed to them these special things, knowledge and skill and literature and all wisdom. God empowered them because they were faithful. I'm not necessarily, quote, quote, what you call a prosperity person, but the literature of the text is clear. There's a cause and effect there. They were faithful. God blessed them. Why? Because their faithfulness revealed to God, which God didn't necessarily need to know it, but they needed to know it. Their faithfulness revealed that they were qualified for more. Scripture says when you're faithful over little, he'll make you rule over much. They were faithful when it was time to be faithful. It was time for them to separate themselves from the influences of Babylon. And because they decided to withdraw themselves or remove themselves from the complete influence of Babylon by, by what they ate, God blessed them. And it says this, And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Daniel was unique amongst them. Verse 18 says, Now at the end of the days when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar, and then the king interviewed them. And among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, 
Azra, these are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It says, therefore, and honestly, what's even more interesting, the names they were given, Belteshazzar, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, are Babylonian names. The names of the Babylonian gods. They were fully trying to, in a sense, recreate their identity. But Daniel and his friends rejected that. They didn't want to be conformed to the world, but changed to the image of their gods. So therefore, they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all of his realm. Thus Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. This is another kingdom. This guy was the man in two separate kingdoms. And the only evidence we have, the only reason or justification for his exaltation was because this man was still dedicated and faithful to God despite being a prisoner in a foreign land. Let's look at this now. Turn your Bible to chapter 10. Daniel first was fasting to withdraw himself from the influences of the Babylonian kingdom. And now in chapter 10, Daniel is trying to get a word from God. He's praying. He began to pray and prayed for 21 days. And during that prayer, he began to fast because he needed an answer from God. He fasted because he needed an answer. But what he didn't know is there was a spiritual battle that's going on, which he had no idea was even happening. So his fast helped him to be able to remain faithful until the answer finally came. Fasting has a variety of benefits for us. Now, if I just said to you, fast helps you fight the spiritual war, that'd be so, you know, hard to kind of quantify. But here we see clearly Daniel fasted for 21 days. And through this fast, it later begins to say the angel came and didn't get to him 21 days later. But Daniel stayed faithful and humbled himself during that entire time. Fasting gave, gave him the capacity to hear from God. Oftentimes people fast and they think, I'll fast and it'll make God do what I want him to do. Okay, I'm not going to eat steak this week and I'll cut back on Netflix next week and I'll, and then I'll hold back and then God is obligated to answer my prayer. I never told y'all this before, but I got a Vikings reference. I remember a 1998-99 season. I'm not going to tell you who the player was. We were in a Bible study, and this player said this. We are praying, and we are going to win the Super Bowl because God is obligated to keep his word. And I asked to myself, when did God say we're going to win the Super Bowl? I didn't hear that. We're... What scripture is that right behind Jonah? Job, Ecclesiastes, I don't see that. Vikings will win the Super Bowl, and I didn't see that. Now, he presumed that was God's will. Why? Because that was his will. And sometimes we think our will is God's will, but that's not worship. Worship is bowing our will to the will of God. It says here, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name is Belteshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long. And he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, mourned, he's fasting for three full weeks, or 21 days. 
I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all. Now, you can take baths. You can lose lotion. It's okay. <laughs> Daniel did. Hey, I'm, t- I'm in Minnesota. If I had to use lotion, I would just break apart, right? I'm just saying, it just, it'd just be bad. But he didn't anoint himself. Now, he's in a hot part of the planet, so he gets some, you know, he has some benefits over us. But he didn't anoint himself at all until the three weeks were finished. Understand, Daniel has this vision that he does not understand. He's praying for an answer, and finally, the angel does come and give him the answer. But his fasting was a part of the facilitation process for him to be prepared to hear from God. Fasting is a helpful process for us in a variety of ways. Our hope for you today is that you learn how to make fasting a habit in your life. I'm not saying fast every day, but I've been to part of churches that fasted once a week. They said, take one day out of the week, fast just one meal. And during that time when you would eat, devote that time to God. It'll help you grow. It'll help you change. God's the one that does a change but expand your capacity to receive from God through that process. I got a couple points that were done for the day. The first point, Daniel was highlighting the fact that his fast of eating vegetables and drinking water would be more beneficial to his physiology than would eating the king's delicacy. I didn't have four shots. I only had three, so I got a little break there. That was a combination of four shots and the West Virginia accent working together. Nevertheless, the king's delicacies were put aside. And what Daniel claims is, I will be better physically than the people who eat the best food. Fasting helps us physically. It's a healthy thing. How many people here would die if they didn't eat three square meals a day? Who would be struggle? Who would struggle? Don't, don't raise your hand. No, don't put your hand out. <laughs> Can you imagine not eating three? I mean, I couldn't do it, right? Not eating three times. I mean, how could you survive? It's possible. It happens all over the world all the time. There are some people who only eat once a day, and they're still living. I've been to countries where they only eat one big meal a day. They did coffee and a little biscuit. And during the lunchtime when I was in Bosnia, Herzegovina, they had a mountain of a meal for lunch. It was, they called it dinner, but it was really lunchtime. So I was like, yes, this, I couldn't wait for the lunch. The lunch was made. Right there, see? <laughs> I was a hobbit there. I was sorry. I got to come back to him, being a man. <laughs> where's the second breakfast? Now it's about 7 o'clock. No food's being made. I'm like, wait a minute. Where's dinner? Quit playing. 8 o'clock. Hold up. Where's the meal? Nothing. Oh, you're in America. We'll take you down to the store. And I went and got some Twinkies and cupcakes and ate that and tried to go to sleep. Now I'm up all night because I got a sugar rush. <laughs> but you can live without three. We don't have to have three. Three is not a magic number. Next point. Daniel was fasting to gain insight from God. And this is my hope here at this church. We pray to hear from God. We pray to hear his voice. We pray so God can speak to us and then we're asked to obey. Too many times throughout the last 60 to 100 years, we've said God is obligated to do my will. God never said that. It's not in the Bible at all. We are called to serve him, to surrender to him. We are called to pray, to hear his voice, and to respond to him. Is it about your glory or his? Is he serving us or are we serving him? 
And that's the challenge you have to wrestle with because many times people say, oh, God's going to do this for me. Why? Because that's what the scripture says. In context, is that what it really says? Because when I open the Bible, it seems like everybody is doing his will. Even his son. His son, you all. His son had to say, not mine will. I'm King James, I don't even know. So he's just serious. Not mine will, but thine will. Now, you know when it's thine will, that's serious. Not my will, God, but yours be done. And if Jesus had to pray that prayer, are we exempt from that? Fasting is one way of removing distractions and staying connected to him. Oh, I remember now. <laughs> Don't think you're so smart, Greg. <laughs> it's a good Sunday. We're going to engage in a fast tomorrow. <laughs> I knew that's why people were not coming to church today. <laughs> I speak their accountability over them in the name of Jesus. I pray they have dreams about fasting. <laughs> I'm speaking vision over their lives. But for you, I ask you this today. Eat. Eat what you want. Have fun. Rejoice. Write it all down. I ate steak from Benny Hahas or Hanas. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been there. <laughs> I wanted to go to Chick Fil A, but I can't because it's on open close on Sundays. Remember, we've given flexibility. How you fast? Three days, seven days, fourteen, twenty-one. We've we've done the Daniel fast. We said eat vegetables, drink water. So if you come around some believers from endurance, don't feel bad because you got your coffee. You know, don't be condemned. We're saying, try it. Take this baby step with us. It's just a baby step.
This has been a presentation of Endurance Church. For more about the ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash endurancechurch and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash endurancechurch.tv. Remember to live well and finish strong.